0: The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. we brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a 100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus a 100% instant deposit match at thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to, start, to get started today we brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the free Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win $100,000. Deep down, deep. Welcome everyone to the propcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, February 16th, currently 12:18 on the East Coast, and here to break down the NBA player props for this Wednesday night schedule. And joining me as usual on Wednesdays to break it all down. The man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN. My main man, Scott Reichel. Scott, how you feeling this Wednesday afternoon, buddy?
1: Yeah, it feels pretty good. Happy to be back on the show. Unfortunately, the last two times I was on here, I was going for the sweep, and then I lost by a hook on the last play both times. So f- I'm trying to get the 3-0. It's been teasing me for the last couple of appearances, but 2 and ones still solid, and hopefully
0: we'll get another profitable uh, show here. Has it always been like the last play that you need that you've lost by the hook or has it been like a middle one?
1: Well, the la- it's always the last one. Always. It's always like the last leg of a parlay that you need. Yeah, it's always the last one, but I still remember the last one I lost with the last time I was on was I had Giddy over, I forgot what his rebound number was. I think it was seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And he had seven with like oh, yeah. six minutes to go in regulation or like seven minutes to go in regulation. And then it went to overtime. Yeah, and he never he never went out of the game. He was on the court for the entire 12 minutes and he didn't get a rebound in 12 minutes (laughs) and he finished with seven. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what you want from me. I got the overtime draw. I had anything and he just couldn't grab a board. And now he has triple doubles against the Knicks. And now he just rubs it in my face.
0: (laughs) Let's be thankful it it wasn't like the 10th rebound you needed for like a big payout for a triple-double. But, yeah, uh, you've been crushing it. We've been doing really well on these uh, player props uh, over the last couple weeks here, man. Uh, I think I've been going 2-1 and myself over the past couple weeks here, so hopefully we can carry that momentum um, before we get to the All-Star break. Two days left here, Wednesday night and obviously tomorrow, Thursday night, where you and Terrell will be rocking it on the NBA Gambling Podcast before the All-Star break. But um, usually on Wednesday, Scott, either – is uh, ranting about a team or praising a team. But, uh, you know, he's in a good mood today. So we're going to we're gonna praise the team before we get into the all-star break, some happy thoughts. Uh, but, Scott, I'll kick it to you, man. Which team are we talking about today?
1: Well, it's got to be a team that I was critical of for most of the season, and rightfully so, but they've turned it around. It's got to be the Celtics. Uh, there's really no other way to put it. They've won nine in a row. Uh, they ended up acquiring Derek White at the deadline. He looks really good. So he's definitely been a solid fit. Uh, to go through yesterday's game, they won by 48 points mm-hmm. on the road in Philly. I know that Harden wasn't playing. Of course, Curry and Dream, and uh, not Dream, uh, Drummond are no longer on the team. Yeah. But still, 48 points on the road against a division rival. That is something to keep in mind. But the team has just been clicking everywhere. Defensively, offensively. Uh, even the bench has not been a total disaster like it had been in the past. I don't really have a long rant for this one, but the Celtics might have a shot to actually win the division. Yeah. And I would not have been saying that about two, three weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Like you mentioned, I mean, they've been playing solid defense. And I think that's really been the key for them um, through their winning streak here. And I'm kind of, you know, trying to filter it over the last 10 games. Well, they just stopped
1: Uh, blowing leads. I mean, that was the main issue. The fourth quarter was just a disaster for them for the first three months and change. Mm -hmm. And they finally started to actually not only, keep leads, but even to expand some leads in the fourth. They're one game behind Philly for the division title. Uh, They're plus 350 from what I saw. I think it's worth it. Uh, Harden's of course not going to play until the All-Star break, which is about one more game. But, I mean, we saw what happened with several teams in the past, or even just this year when Clay finally came back from injury. Mm -hmm. Just because you're getting a star player back does not mean you're immediately going to win 15 games in a row. Right. Well, you're going to have to build up a lot of chemistry there, especially with Embiid and Harden, who both are going to really want the ball in their hands, especially mm-hmm. Harden, because yeah. we know Embiid with the ball in his hands is basically the, just the MVP, no questions asked. But we know Harden, even if he comes back, is he going to be rusty? Hasn't played for a couple of weeks. He's not going to play any defense, so I expect them to struggle on the defensive end. But Boston, just chemistry-wise, is absolutely dialed in. And if you're going to give me plus 350 for a team that's only one back, And just absolutely smacked this team by 48, as I just said the game prior. Mm -hmm. And Boston also plays against Detroit tonight. So you're assuming they'll be half a game back by the end of the night. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely worth a shot at plus 350, right? I mean, that's a hell of a deal.
0: Yeah. And again, like you've mentioned, that they've been getting it done on the defensive end, you know, kind of look at their advanced numbers over the last 10 days here. Uh, they're nine and one, or sorry, the last ten games nine and one straight up. They have a defensive rating of ninety seven, which is um, number one in the entire league. The next team is Oklahoma City Thunder, where at one hundred four, one hundred five point eight net rating, uh, also number one in the entire league at seventeen point seven. So it seems like they figured something out. In Boston, again, like you mentioned, we talked about this last week with the acquisition of Derek White. I think that's big for them, especially since they probably won't have Marcus Smart tonight as he left the game last night with a sprained ankle. So that's a nice piece to kind of put into your starting lineup there. The guy like Derek White. um, And again, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown have been playing um, really well for this Boston Celtics team. And all of a sudden, they are 34 and 25. Like you mentioned, one game out of that division lead, only behind uh, Philly. So uh, hopefully they can carry this momentum into the into the all-star break and coming out of the all-star break. Quickly want to see where their strength of schedule is as uh we approach the second half of the season. They are and they have a pretty easy schedule. It's above average. Um, I think it's the tenth or eleventh easy schedule remaining. They still have three we're, games Philly ranking. Philly. They have the eleventh most difficult schedule.
1: Because they're right next to each other.
0: All right. Yeah. Um, and then who else is in that division? Do we say Toronto is in Brooklyn? It, yeah. So Brooklyn's middle of the pack. And then um, Toronto has the eighth easiest schedule remaining. They face Minnesota tonight in Minnesota. So uh, we you should concerned be... about your bet, by the way, Toronto. I mean, I know you take a long shot. I forgot what number
1: you got, like 22 to one or
0: something. Yeah, I got a 22 to one. Um, I mean, it's 22 to one, right? I think they yeah. were what, three and a half games back at that point. Yeah. before they rattled off uh, that or the, that miss of that winning streak. And then I think they've lost a couple here, but let me see the updated number or. Yeah, I'm, not,
1: I'm not asking if you're going to hedge or not. I'm, I'm just, cause of course you're not going to hedge a 22 to one. I'm just asking yeah. if what's your concern level at right now, since Boston was a team that you probably weren't worried about when you made the bet.
0: Um, I don't think I'm too worried. Especially, and I love looking at like the remaining, you know, strength of schedule Mm -hmm. where Toronto's is easier. Obviously, you know, Fred Van Vliet is probably going to miss tonight's game, the injury concern there. But this team, again, like Boston, they figured some things out. And um, again, 22 to 1, 25 to 1, I think 25 1 was the number, but it's a long shot. I mean, two and a half games out right now. My question to you is for this division, especially involves the two teams that had the big trade between Sixers and Nets. I'm not sure if I got your thoughts on the Nets post the trade. What was kind of your outlook for them for the rest of the season? Um, You know, eventually when they do get Kevin Durant back or even eventually when they do get Ben Simmons back, do you think they have a shot at this division being four games back?
1: Division, no. Because nobody knows when Durant's coming back. It's a situation where the Nets finally won a game. Congratulations. You know, they beat the Kings. That's not that impressive because the Kings are terrible, but you still have to win. You have to play the games in front of you. Right. But if you don't know when Durant's coming back, and the Nets have still lost eleven to twelve, I know that now you have Curry and and Drummond. I think the team's better, especially morale-wise, because it seemed like the team was actually happy for the first time in about I don't know three months because mm-hmm. uh, Harden's no longer on the team. But no, the Nets have no shot just okay. because of the fact that you don't know when KD's coming back. You don't know when Simmons is coming back. And you also don't know when Kyrie's ever going to play a home game. So you have a lot of other variables at play. If everybody was active, Mm -hmm. I think the Nets have a great price. Of course, this wouldn't be the price they'd be getting if Durant was back. They'd probably factor that in. Mm -hmm. But with all of those guys out and you have to pass Toronto, Boston, and Philly, no. I I don't think Durant's coming back for another couple weeks, maybe a month. Simmons, I think, might come back for that Philly game but you're going to have to ease him in. Right. You're probably going to play him 15, 20 minutes for, I don't know, a week and change before you finally start to ramp up the minutes. Kyrie, nobody knows when the mandate stuff's going to be cleared, so I don't know when he's going to play a home game. But I do think if all three of them are active for the playoffs and Kyrie can play home games, assuming all the mandates are lifted, then the Nets are obviously dangerous. It's not a hot take. I mean, they're one of the best yeah. teams in terms of talent in the conference. But for a division... No, I think the Nets have too many question marks. I do think that if you're looking at my pick to win the division right now, I probably would take Boston. Okay. Just because I really don't know what to expect with Philly since the supporting cast, since you got rid of Curry and Drummond, is significantly worse. I know you have Harden, but he's battled injuries all year. Mm -hmm. He doesn't guard anybody. He's also been out of shape for the entire season, so I do question how that partnership is going to work with Embiid and with Harden. But we saw yesterday, that was the main takeaway from that Celtics game on behalf of the Sixers. Without Harden, I know you just traded a lot to get him, but still, the Sixers' supporting cast is garbage, right?
0: I agree, and I've been listening to some of these other pods saying that, oh, Philly won this deal, and I I just don't see think they lost handily. Yeah, and especially with the two first-round picks that the Brooklyn Nets acquired, but even without that... Um, the, the 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 Nets picked up some great depth with like you just mentioned Andre Drummond and Seth Curry, but after Joel Embiid and James Harden, like you trust it, Tobias Harris? Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Do you trust Tobias Harris? Do you trust Danny Green to kind of be that third or fourth guy on this team? I certainly don't. But
1: I like Maxi. But uh, yeah, the thing is, can I Maxie think Max playoff ball.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Maxie's probably like one or two years away from being. A, a significant contributor, I guess for lack of better words for the Sixers team, but I'm more concerned about the Sixers team now post his trade. Um, and again, like you mentioned, like we've seen, and I've seen this with the Houston rockets saying that you saw it with Brooklyn too, is that Harden? He's not in, especially in playoffs. He, he's going to get tired. He, he, he doesn't give effort on the defensive end and the
1: shot selections, atrocious.
0: Yes. Shot selection. And he wants to play ISO ball where that's not going to work. In Philadelphia or in modern day basketball, where you have to have a flow of an offense. So I just don't think that, you know, the, the fall off with that, and especially like you just mentioned, and I agree with you 100%, that supporting cast is not there. I significantly like the Nets supporting cast a lot better uh, than the Philly post trade. But I- I'm really worried about this Philly team. And I think then it just comes down to in this division kind of going back to this is between Toronto and Boston. I think you you this is a great mention that if you're find, able to find a plus 350 or maybe better odds, that might be also worth getting down on Boston. I'm quickly looking at Philadelphia's defensive rating right now for the entire season. It's They are number 11.
1: That number is going to plummet.
0: Yeah, and, and so we're going to keep track of this when we get to the end of the season and as we kind of go along. So right now they're number 11 in the entire league with a rating of 10 point, uh, 109. Uh, even, and I'm going to write this down and we'll see when Harden gets back into the lineup when he does where they kind of end up at the end of the season. So I think that's going to be interesting to see, but, um, yeah, I think that going into the season, it was going to be, we thought it was going to be Brooklyn for the division and then, you know, possibly Philly at second, but now Boston and Toronto has into the conversation that kind of turned around here, uh, at the turn of the uh, new year here, uh, in this division and for the respective teams. So yeah, it's gonna be a fun race to watch anything else, Scott, uh, you want to mention for these teams?
1: Uh, Yeah, I know you just mentioned the trade. I mentioned it when we broke down the uh, post-trade deadline uh, recap where we did the podcast on that. But Uh I feel like it's worth mentioning again. The reason why I think this trade is going to be brutal for Philly is just not even based on this season. But the thing is, Philly's window, as far as I'm concerned, is about two years. Because as soon as you start paying hard on that extension, you're in cap hell. For probably about four or five years. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned it again. Harden's going to be older. Obviously, that's how time works. But he's already showing signs of decline. His, I'd say, focus on staying in shape has been non-existent. Mm -hmm. And we've seen him regress. And I feel like if you're going to talk about a guy who's in line for a massive extension, a four-year extension for, what, 200 and something million dollars? I mean, he's on pace to make $60 million when he's 38 years old. Yeah. Like, that contract is going to be the worst contract in all of basketball in about three years. And I, yeah. that sounds like it's a hot take. Mm-hmm. It's not. You're paying a guy past his prime 60 million. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. He's currently right now with 32 years old. Uh, well, he has two years left on his contract. Um, so, if we've got like, to go he's back. He's two years, but you're, you're assuming Philly's not
1: going to let him play on the final
0: year with no deal in place. Right, yeah. Uh, if we go back to the 2018-2019 season when was with the Rockets, he played 78 games there. That final year with the Rockets, um, a full season, he played 68 games. And then with the Nets over the last two seasons, he played 35 and 44. So hamstring issues. And then like you said, he's going to he's gonna regress where with the Rockets, he was playing almost the entirety of the seasons where he was playing 70-plus games, a couple seasons where he played 81-82 games. I think that's starting to catch up with him. And again, we—I'm not sure if uh, I dropped this in the NBA Slack channel where there was a report that came out uh, or a full story about what happened with Brooklyn between KD and, and James Harden and things like that. And I don't—I don't know what to believe, but you know, I, I believe the facts that he likes to party, he likes to yep. you know hang out and, and go clubs and go to the strip clubs, and only wants to get in the gym or where he has to get in the gym to get in shape. And he's not committed to winning. I don't think that Philly is gonna win a championship with him. I don't care uh, you know we've you've seen it for a couple of seasons with the Brooklyn Nets. I've seen it for about six seven eight years with the Rockets and i I just don't think that he's gonna win a championship wherever he ends up. so I think his best case scenario was with Brooklyn Nets uh when he was with Kyrie and k d but yeah, it's gonna be troubling times for Philly for sure, especially with also the money that they're paying to buy Harris Scott
1: that's well, that's the point. I yeah. feel like Harris has kind of rebuilt some trade value sure it might have gone from zero to maybe like two percent because i'm sure nobody wants that contract anyway yeah but the one thing i'll tell you just a segue quickly i'll give westbrook a little bit of props because even though he's extremely overpaid and he's been extremely underwhelming this season he's never complained about where he's been Mm -hmm. he's always just shown up for work with a certain amount of professionalism and he goes about his business whether you like the way he plays or not that's why I think the Harden contract's going to be a serious problem because let's just say Philly doesn't win for the next two years, which I think is reasonable. I don't think they're going to win this year sure. and next year. I'm assuming they're not going to win either. Maybe, but we'll see. Assuming the Harden contract kicks in and you're going to end up paying him 50 something million when the contract starts before it pushes up to 60. Once the cap goes up, you're paying him Bede and Tobias Harris's contract still going to be kind of a question mark if you can move it or not. But let's just say Philly with an aging Harden struggles and they don't look good. It's kind of like the net similar to this year, maybe a couple injuries along the way. And Harden just decides I've had enough, which we've seen two separate times already. And Harden says, I want out of Philly. This isn't meant for me. Let's get (laughs) out of here. And he still has three years left on a $240 million deal. You think anybody's going to trade for him? No, of course not. So the point is, If this does not go well for two years and Harden has another temper tantrum, the Sixers are absolutely screwed. And I feel like that's why I think the Nets won. It's because of future roster flexibility. Even if you don't like Simmons as a player, which is fine, because he was a diva, he had the, I'll put quotes around it, mental health issues where he just decided not to play for an entire season. You don't trust him in the playoffs. He can't shoot. I get it. He's still 25. So you can look at the fact that he's still very young, he still hasn't hit his prime yet, and he still does a lot of, I'd say, important things with the bat without the basketball that yeah. Harden does not do. And if Harden starts to seriously regress even more than he has this season on offensively, not to mention the durability issues, Philly's is going to be playing, paying 50-something million dollars to a guy who should be in the top 10 because that's what you're paying him for. Harden might fully regress to being maybe even a fringe top 20 guy, if the regression continues
0: for the next couple of years. Wouldn't you agree with that? You mean he didn't want to trade from Philly after last night's debacle against the Boston Celtics?
1: As far as I know, no, but I don't think he's going to turn them around defensively after giving up 135. But I think that's, that's the thing, though, is that Harden, the reason why it didn't work out with him and Chris Paul was mm-hmm. that Chris Paul got fed up. He does not do anything off ball.
0: It's a work ethic.
1: It's the work it ethic and yeah. the fact that off yeah. ball, he just stands there. Yeah. And I feel like if you're going to be looking at a situation where Harden's skills, they're not going to get better as he, get old, as he gets older with all the hamstring issues as well. Right. If he's not going to have the ball in his hands all the time and he gives you nothing on defense, are we sure him and Embiid are even going to work if Embiid's going to have to ISO and Harden's just standing in the corner the entire time? I'm not sure it's yeah. even a good fit.
0: And that's the thing is that right now it's it's a guard-driven league. The, the vision what the Rockets probably had with Chris Paul and James Harden is what's right now with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But Devin they Booker moves... They both move moves, off the ball. Yeah, exactly, right? And Devin Booker moves off the ball. Chris Paul is probably one of the players in the entire history of the NBA that has such an high, I, mm-hmm. IQ for the game. And we saw it, I mean... Yeah. In Houston, I think Westbrook was the same thing, that he's a guy that's the first one in the gym, last one to leave. For all the slander that Westbrook has gotten this season for this his, the way that he's been playing, you mentioned that he doesn't complain, and he didn't. When he was with the Rockets, he realized that this isn't going to work maybe because of Harden or the way that he is. Even the uh, Wizards. I mean, yeah. He got
1: shipped off to Washington, and people were going, well, this team's either going to be mediocre or awful, and Westbrook just showed up early and said, we're going to kick some ass. Yeah, made the playoffs. So it, it wasn't – I mean, of course, there were flaws with his game. I'm not saying there's not. Yeah, But mentally, I will give Westbrook all the props in the world for being a consummate professional.
0: Yeah. And again, for, for James Harden, like, this is it. Like, this is exactly what you wanted. This is what you envisioned. And, you know, the introduction press conference last night said, oh, Philly was my top choice. But, you know, I ended up in Brooklyn and pretty much forced his way out of Brooklyn. But you, you would have – requested Dar- to go to Brooklyn, by the way. Yeah, Daryl Morey – signed or became the president of basketball operations there. The former CEO of the Rockets, Tad Brown is also in Philly. So the end game always, we talked about this and I said, this is that Harden's end game was to end up in Philly. Now, if it doesn't work out for you now, you're going to look like the idiot and the loser. So, and I, I agree with you that I don't think it's going to work out for them. I don't think they're going to win a championship with James Harden. Um, But again, I kind of want to segue
1: that for a second,
0: because you experienced it. I don't want to go that long into it because this turning into
1: a bit of a Harden discussion, but (laughs) Or a hardened rant per se, but I kind of want to push the, I don't want to say blame, but at least the discussion to somebody you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. How good of a GM or a president of basketball operations is Daryl Morey? Because he's extremely aggressive Mm -hmm. and he's not afraid to make moves that he thinks will lead the team to a title. And I'll give him props for that. Sure. But you got to look at some of these trades and just wonder, what the hell is he thinking? Because I feel like Philly gave up way too much for Harden.
0: Yeah, they did. I mean, you, they gave up Drummond. They gave up Seth Curry. The thing that really bothers me about this trade, and, and where I think that's clearly one, is the 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 cap flexibility they got, but also the yeah. two first round picks, mm-hmm. right? And and when Daryl Morey was the GM of the Houston Rockets, his whole thing was about acquiring first round draft picks in any deal that he made. And for him to kind of give away two first round picks to acquire an aging James Harden, a guy that's that is starting do a to big get, contract, yeah. And again, is a big do, do a big contract dealing with starting dealing with injuries where he was a player that didn't miss games and didn't want to miss games. But now, with the, don't, we don't know how serious the hamstring injuries are. But you know, yeah, we we did question it when he was with Houston, but he did his best to go all in, acquire the amount. The talent that he did bring in for the Rockets to pair with James Harden. If you kind of just go down the list and all the players that James Harden played with in Houston and also now or did in Brooklyn and Philly, I mean, I don't think we can, I don't think there's going to be another superstar in this league that's played with the amount of talent as nothing has kind of transpired from it. So I think we kind of have to look at James Harden and say maybe he is the problem.
1: Well, I think he is, but I was just asking since you, of course, experienced the more experience for several years. We know that he's a guy who wants to go all in all the time. Right. And I feel like people say, you know, that's automatically a positive. He's trying to win. But if you're going to completely mortgage the future, part of the future, and you're going to kill the supporting cast just to get two stars to play together. I feel like he just misses the entire point that even though it's a star driven league, you need some form of depth. And I feel like that's always been the piece that goes over his head where he just assumes in the buyout market or even just in the free agency through waivers or the G League, they'll piece together three guys off the bench that they can just throw
0: in there. And it never works. And this was the case when he put together Chris Paul and James Harden in Houston. The next best player was Capella at that point. You were playing Daniel House like 20 minutes in the ball. Was it... Uh, PJ Tucker at that point, Trevor Ariza, where they went 0 of 27 in that playoff game. So, yeah, the, you always need that third. It doesn't have to be a superstar, but the supporting cast is as important of uh, to a team than, you know, as pairing up two superstar players like he has all throughout his career. So, and I think what's going to happen now going into the offseason is that he's going to try to trade. Tobias Harris and try to acquire a first-round pick for him. He's going to try to probably trade Tyrese Maxey and try to acquire a first-round pick for him. I think Maxey's being kept.
1: I, I yeah, just, I, I if if Maxey's not getting shipped off in the Harden deal, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what you'd, can, you'd put him in unless that's the only way another team would take Tobias Harris' contract. Right. And even if that's the case, you're not going to get a first. The other team's doing you a favor by taking the contract off the yeah. books.
0: And that and that's what he's then that's what he's trying to do. Even when he was with Houston, that's what he would try to do, right? He's trying mm-hmm. to ship off, you know, these players try to get first round picks, trade them, and and go out and get another role player to put beside James Harden and then the other superstar. Whether it was way back when with Dwight Howard, whether it was with mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, whether it was Chris Paul. So yeah, I agree with you that some of the or a lot of the trades that he does make, yeah, they are fairly questionable and they work. Yeah, so, so that's the point. To. Is that
1: if Harden does not work out and he's getting the massive contract, sixty plus million per. And they have very, very limited draft capital because they're trading all these picks to try to get even more reinforcements. Yep. If if Embiid or if Embiid leaves at some point, this team's going to be in the basement for a couple of years. <laughs> this is going to be really ugly. I, be I, exa- I don't think I'm exaggerating. Like they're going to be no. awful.
0: Yeah. It wouldn't be surprised if I see Daryl Morey step down and go to another organization. Or That's what retire. happened with Houston. But yeah. I mean, Harden
1: left, and I know they didn't get much back in return, but, yeah. I mean, you look at them these last couple of years, I mean, the cupboard was just empty.
0: Yeah. Hey, might we just step down and say, "Hey, okay, let's what's, what's where's the next destination that we want to go? Daryl Morey would go there and try to get James Harden over yeah. there. But, yeah, Scott, let's put a bow on that. Uh, turn in from the division talk to this James Harden talk. Of course, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, things kind of fit together for the Philadelphia 76ers, not only for this season, but for the foreseeable future as they did a mortgage, a lot of their future for James Harden. So uh, let's take a quick break here, bud. we'll come back and then we'll dive into our player props for this Wednesday night schedule in the NBA. We're brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Louisiana, and New York. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays, live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During win bet win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving away larger payout opportunity. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $10, win 200. Download, bet, win. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is back as a sponsor for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and I am super excited to announce Manscaped Launcher Ultra Premium Collection. Guys, believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about the rest of your body. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the belt, the waist now trust them with the rest of you join the 4 million men worldwide who trusted manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off plus free shipping with promo code s g p we all know how essentially the manscaped lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist i got it i loved it and their advanced skin safe technology reduced cuts for your most delicate areas but now We're taking it to the next level with Manscaped guys, oh boy, for perfect grooming routine with ultra premium collection. This package includes Manscaped premium deodorant, not just for your balls, but it's for them stanky armpits. This deodorant dries clear, is aluminum free, and smells like their signature scent. Hydrating body moisturizer have tattoos or issues with dry skin look guys. We all do let's take care of it It's designed to keep skin feeling clean smooth and smelling fresh you have that special person in your life You want to look good you want to smell good and you don't want to have dry hands trust me and also their body wash Lather you up with their infused aloe vera and sea salt sh- shower gel They have a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with one easy step. Plus, Manscaped is throwing in a free gift, a pack of three set of lip balms that's made with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and some special oils to keep them chappers feeling moist. Nobody wants to kiss a cactus, guys, so get in. Get into the Manscaped Ultra Premium Collection. That's four products, a gift, like I just mentioned. What a hell of a score. All these products are crucially free. They're vegan friendly and dye free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. And I recommend going in this order. So first, hop into the shower, scrub a dub dub that body down, get all that nasty stuff off of you with that Manscaped body wash. Lather up your hair with that two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to keep your noggin togging. Dry off and spray on that hydrating body moisture to reinvigorate that dry skin. Look guys, I know we all get dry skin. Let's take care of it. And let's put on that Manscaped deodorant but like I said, them stinky ass armpits, nobody likes a stinky man. So, pop that Manscaped lip balm on, and man, telling you guys, the ladies are gonna be wanting to jump on you. So, head over to manscaped.com, use promo code SGP, not only will you get 20% off of your order, but also free shipping worldwide. Promo code SGP, that's 20% off, free shipping with SGP and manscaped.com only. The power of attraction is now in a bottle, thanks to Manscaped. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into the player props for tonight. Scott, I'll give you the floor first, buddy. What do you got as your first player prop?
1: So for this one, uh, since we talked about the Harden trade for about 30 minutes, I'm going to use a player from that trade, Seth Curry. And I'm going to take him over two and a half, three-pointers made at around minus 110. He's attempted at least six three-point shots in five of the last six games that he's played in. The Nets, of course, are still missing KD. KD. It's going to be in New York, so Kyrie's obviously not going to play. Curry should end up, should end up with a bunch of shot attempts. We yeah. saw in the home game against the Kings, he attempted 18 shots, and he attempted a decent amount of threes in that one. I believe he attempted eight. Plus, the Knicks' defense has been an absolute mess. They've given up at least 112 points in each of the last seven games. But with no KD and no Kyrie, we know that the Nets have to have somebody shoot the ball. Curry should be one of those guys and with Drummond setting screens like he did in Philly mm-hmm. Curry should find some space two and a half three pointers for a guy who took 18 field goal attempts in the first game with about eight threes attached to it that's way too low I'm going to take the over two and a half
0: yeah this was a play I was, uh, I was looking at as well and we had talked about this when we are handicapping the Brooklyn Nets and the uh, Knicks game tonight is number one um, you just mentioned that this uh, Knicks defense has been atrocious and especially against uh, the three point line right Uh, Number 26 over the last five games, they're allowing 14.2 makes, and then they are dead last in opponent three-point attempts. Uh, Teams are getting up around 41 shots – or sorry, 41 three-point shots over the last five games as well. So look for Seth Curry. Look for Patty Mills here tonight to have a big three-point shooting night. Hopefully – it'll probably be both guys, but again, for a number at two-and-a-half for a guy like Seth Curry, which I think got up 10 in the first game with Brooklyn – I thought
1: it was eight, but the point okay. is sorry, when yeah. you're attempting that many
0: yeah. and you're still a career
1: 40 something percent three point shooter, mm-hmm. that number's too low.
0: Yeah. And he still did make three in that game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For the, yeah, you're right. He was three of eight from uh, three point land and 10 of 18 from the field. So, yeah, I do love this play for Seth Curry here tonight against this uh, atrocious Knicks three point defense.
1: The Knicks um, gave up 30 points to Trey Mann. Like, yeah. I have to, I have to <laughs> state that. Like, they gave up 30 points to, an Oklahoma City, basically a bench player with no Dort, no Julius Alexander Walker. They gave mm-hmm. up twenty eight points to Giddy. When does Giddy ever score twenty? I think Giddy's a very good player. He's not a great shooter. Like, w- what is happening with the Knicks'
0: defense? Yeah, that game, uh, Trey, man, Josh Giddy combined of seven of eleven from three point. What The hell here. is that? <laughs> and now you have uh, Patty Mills and Seth Curry coming to town here tonight. So. Uh, good luck. I did take them as my dog here today uh, against the uh, Knicks. Um, uh, f- sorry, I took the Brooklyn Nets money line mm. as my dog here tonight against the New York Knicks. So uh, let's get over to my first player prop. I'm going to go with uh, Nikola Vucevic. Let's go with his points and rebounds over 35 and a half. And you know we you 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 hit you hit the name earlier uh, on this pod and and Demonis Sabonis where this post defense of the Sacramento Kings is not great. They didn't do anything to improve it at the trade deadline. Sure. Offensively um, on the lower block, they did get better, but Sacramento Kings over the last seven games or sorry, last seven days against that center position, they're allowing 30.7 points to opposing centers. They're allowing 13.7 rebounds. Um, And again, they're also allowing 8.5 assists to that center position and Nikola Vucevic He's going to have to step up tonight. I think he has a big game here tonight against the Sacramento Kings. And over his last couple of games here, um, he's been doing pretty well for the um, for the Chicago Bulls. Last game uh, against the uh, San Antonio Spurs, 25.16 rebounds. Prior to that, against OKC Thunder, 31 and 15, 26 and 8 against Minnesota. And we had talked about this, I think, last week when I took his rebounding prop over against Charlotte, where he had 16 rebounds. I think he can continue that tonight against the Sacramento Kings. So I'm going to take Nikola Vucevic, points and rebounds over 35 and a half. And if your uh, book does not offer uh, points and rebounds combo, I'll probably just take a look at his rebounds here tonight. Uh, Let's see. That number is at uh, 12 and a half. It's a little bit juice at minus 140, so maybe you can buy that up. But yeah, I'm going with Vucevic here tonight, Scott.
1: I feel like to touch on the post-defense, which was part of the reason why I roasted the Kings for the trade during the post-trade deadline uh, video, uh, podcast,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have Mo Harkless at the projected starting power forward spot. Yeah. Sabonis is averaging 0.5 blocks per game. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you can get even like any worse at rim protection. I mean, that was the criticism we had of Jokic yeah. in the past because he just didn't block anything. But Sabonis averaging le- about half a block per game and Mo Harkless in there, you're not stopping anybody inside the paint.
0: Yeah. Should be a big game tonight here for uh, Nikola Vucevic. And again, more things to address for the Sacramento Kings as they kind of get into the offseason as well. But, Scott, let's get to your next player prop, man. What do you got?
1: So for this one, I'm going to go with one of my favorite young players in the league who just so happened to be involved in the Sabonis trade. I'm taking Tyrese Halliburton over 8.5 assists at plus 110. Since joining the Pacers, he's averaging 10 assists per game. Indiana has scored at least 113 points in each of Halliburton's first three games with the team. So Indiana's been playing a lot faster. And we saw that last night against Milwaukee. I mean, they gave up 50 to Giannis, but they actually scored a decent amount of points. Mm -hmm. And of course, Malcolm Brogdon is still questionable or doubtful or however you want to put it. He hasn't played in what, a month and a half? Sounds about right. So the point is Halliburton's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. And the Wizards, if you want to look at bad defenses, especially post-trade, you got to look at this lineup and tell me who can stop anybody. Because the Wizards have Raul Neto, who's <laughs> allegedly going to try to guard him. You have Kispert, who can't guard anybody. I saw that in Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. You have Caldwell Pope, you have Kuzma, and Thomas Bryant. Who's supposed to guard anybody on that team?
0: Your, your guess is as good as mine, bud.
1: Like, Avdi off the bench, and even that's a question mark. So if Halliburton's going to have the ball in his hands that much, total in this game is like 225.5. But we know that he's got great vision, and we know that Indiana with the tempo and the fact that Halliburton loves to push it, I think you'll see a lot of fast-break opportunities. 8.5 at plus money? I think he's got a great shot at a double-double tonight.
0: Yeah, uh, he's averaging around, what, 10 assists per contest since yeah. he's been acquired by the uh, Indiana Patriotic game where he had 16 against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Again, the ball, like you mentioned, is going to be – they know Chris Duarte as well, so that really helps this, uh, mm-hmm. this uh, uh, player prop as well. It's going to be the uh, Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton show here tonight because they are kind of thin at that guard position. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, no Malcolm Brogdon here tonight as well. So look for, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, like you mentioned, a double-double, possibly even a triple-double maybe tonight for Tyrese Halliburton. But he had eight last night. You're getting this at plus money. I do like that at over eight and a half for Tyrese Halliburton tonight against the Washington Wizards. So good luck with that one, Scott. Um, For my next player prop, I'm going to go back to that Knicks and the Nets game. I'm going to go with uh, Andre Drummond. I'm taking over 10 and a half rebounds here tonight for him. And you know, this is something that we also discussed on the NBA Gambling Podcast this morning is that Andre Drummond, for whatever reason, against the Knicks, loves grabbing rebounds. I think his career high came up with, like I think, 26 against this um, New York Knicks team. And again, they're going to be without Nerlens Noel. And for whatever reason, when they have Julius Randle, who doesn't really guard anybody as well, Mitchell Robinson in there as well but they are allowing opposing centers to grab 23 rebounds per contest and Drummond is going to be in the starting lineup here tonight. He did have 9 rebounds against the Sacramento Kings the other night but again at 10 and a half this is a guy that can we know can go out and drop a 20-20 and get 20 rebounds here tonight and for for the New York Knicks I don't trust this defense like we just talked about earlier I look for uh, Andre Drummond to have a big night on the boards. So give me Andre Drummond over 10.5 boards here tonight against this uh, Knicks defense.
1: Yeah, I was looking into that number two. Unfortunately, they didn't have the lineup earlier this morning, so I couldn't really check it. But I guess the one concern I have with that prop is that Steve Nash really doesn't like to use the starting center like past the second quarter or like past the start of the third. He really likes to try to go small. They Mm -hmm. can't really get away with that anymore because, of course, Durant was there end game center mm-hmm. and they don't have that option. I know they use claxen a little bit here and there. Sharp really shouldn't play much ever, but yeah. the thing is the Knicks, the reason why they give up so many rebounds to centers is because they have they're one of the only teams in the league that has a center who can't shoot. And yeah. you look at the rest of the league, the pick and pop game has become so common because of how the NBA slowly been moving further and further away from the basket. The Knicks' main two centers are Mitchell Robinson, who cannot shoot to save his life, and New Noel. I know he's injured, but he can't shoot to save his life either. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about a situation where the Nets are going to try to avoid getting killed on the glass, they really should use Drummond more in this game because he's the only big body they actually have. Yeah. So matchup-wise, I agree with you. I think if he would actually be given a full 30-minute workload, which he probably won't, but if he did, he'd have 20 rebounds.
0: Yeah, last game he, he played 24 minutes, uh, grabbed nine rebounds. So if he, if it, if it's a little bit of a tick up in this game, um, and Steve Nash realizes that he's been in a monster on the board, there's at least an advantage inside. Maybe he plays him a little more minutes. But um, at ten and a half, I, I think I kind of had to take that for yeah. Andre Drummond. Uh, let's get to your last player prop, Scott. What do you got?
1: So for this one, I'm going to go with a pretty much a dark horse play at plus money. It's going to be Donovan Mitchell and I'm taking him over four and a half rebounds at plus 105. Uh, He's played at least 32 minutes in each of the last four games. So, of course, Mitchell, being the best player on the team, has played a bunch of minutes recently. Uh, He's actually recorded at least six rebounds in each of the last four games. So he's been rebounding well. I know some people might counter and say, well, Gobert wasn't playing. Now he's back. How's that going to work out? Mm -hmm. Whiteside on the boards is pretty much as good as Gobert. So I don't think it really matters that much because both of them, when either we're playing, we're walking into basically 18 rebounds every game. Sure. But Mitchell was still putting up six or seven. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at his matchups against the Lakers this season. They played once, and he had eight rebounds. So four and a half plus money for a guy who's gone over frequently in the last week. And for a guy who is extremely athletic, and he's actually not that bad at rebounding the basketball, the only concern I have is a blowout potential. Yeah, If LeBron does not play, okay. the Jazz might win this game by 30. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of the scary part of this, but at the end of the day, four and a half at plus money is just way too low.
0: I think this is one of the situations where, where you're catching the books asleep a little bit, and and you know finding those those gems of uh, props. And I think that you know you've done a, a fantastic job of identifying those, and and you know for Donovan Mitchell. If it's happening for you and you're getting to get that plus money over the past several games, then why not keep backing and watching or catching the ball or catching the books asleep on this number? So at four and a half at plus 105, um, I do like this. He had eight rebounds in a prior matchup mm-hmm. uh, against the Lakers uh, this season. So um, on the season, over the last 10 games, even he's averaging 6.6. So I uh, do like that plus money. Uh, for my last player prop, I'm going to go over to that Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors game. I'm going to take another rebounding prop, and it's going to be the Joker over 13 and a half rebounds against the lack of interior presence for the Golden State Warriors. I guess I can say um, the Warriors over the last seven days against that center position are allowing 20.3 rebounds. You know, we've talked about uh, the Joker at volumes on this prop cast over the season, where he's just an absolute walking double double, or even triple double. Uh, over his last three games, he's at 15, 15, and 16 rebounding. He's averaging 13.9 for the season. Prior matchup this season against the Golden State Warriors, where they did win that game, he had 22 points and 19 rebounds in that game. So from a per matchup perspective, I don't think, come on, Looney can stay with Nikola, uh, sorry, uh, Nikola Jokic here. Even they had Jonathan Kaminga in there, but I don't think that's going to happen, or the matchup is not good for him there as well. So I think that, Should be a good rebounding night for uh, Nikola Jokic, the Joker. So give me 13, uh, over 13-half rebounds for the Joker here tonight against the uh, Golden State Warriors.
1: On a separate note, I know that they've only played a couple of games, but can I take a victory lap for saying the Warriors should have traded for somebody at the deadline? Yes. Yes. Is it too early or can I say that? Because they lost to the Knicks and the Clippers.
0: I, I kind of want to see what this team kind of looks like when they get Draymond back, because that is a key piece they are missing. But again, at least off the bench, yeah, they should, probably should have added um, uh, another piece. But again, we talked about this on the trade deadline show was. We'll get to this got bought out. Yeah, so, yeah. so maybe I, that's a possibility.
1: I, I'm just mentioning it because I know I brought it up during the trade deadline show. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't get another shooter. They need something off yeah. the bench really, really badly.
0: Yeah. And I know the Rockets were, they wanted to trade Eric Gordon, but they wanted at least their first round pick in return. I think I mentioned that, but, you know, teams weren't willing to give that price. But um, that is our player props for tonight. Uh, Scott, let's take one last final break here. We'll come back and we'll identify our best bets for tonight. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. There are never enough things to gamble on and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is, now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at Stableduel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The Bengals defy the odds this season by reaching the Super Bowl, but Cincinnati betters spell one game short unless you were one of the smart bettors who sold on PropSwap. PropSwappers made huge profits last week when they sold their Bengals Super Bowl tickets. Like Tim from Ohio who sold his $100 40 to 1 Bengals ticket for $1500 on PropSwap. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most amount of money for your bets. Hurry and download the free bet the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit And PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And last but not least, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into our best bets. Scott, I'll give you the floor first, man. Best bet for tonight. What do you got?
1: So this is pretty tough because I liked all three of these plays quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but I got to go with Halliburton over eight and a half assists at plus 110. You can't give me plus 110. I mean, that's just absurd. You're looking at a spot (laughs) where he's going to have the ball in his hands every possession. Yeah. The Wizards can't stop anybody. He's being guarded by Roel Neto. Mm -hmm. And the Pacers, since they got Halliburton, have become an absolute track meet team. So if I'm looking at a situation where the Pacers should probably get to 115-120, and Halliburton has shown that if he has these these situations or these games where he can put up 16 assists, Mm -hmm. I don't think the Wizards are a good defensive team, and Halliburton's also playing a bunch of minutes because he's arguably the best player on the team since Brogdon's still injured. So if you're going to give me 8.5 plus money, I got to take that because I think he might walk into a double-double tonight.
0: Yeah, especially at plus money, man, and, and we like we mentioned that it's going to be the Halliburton and Buddy Hield show because there's really nobody else. I mean, no, don't and think Malcolm's out. Yeah, Duarte's out. No, Malcolm Brogdon. I don't think that he's going to be able to go. So, and again, he's been playing the heavy minutes. I think he's played 40 minutes in each of his uh, two games or three games so far for uh, the Indiana Pacers. But um, yeah, especially at plus money, at over eight and a half, where he had a game recently where he dropped 16 assists. It fell one short in the last game where he had eight. So I I do like this number for uh, Tyrese Halliburton tonight against the Washington Wizards. Um, For my best bet, I'm going to go with, uh, I think, the matchup advantage here tonight, which is for Nikola Vucevic against the Sacramento Kings. Um, Points and rebounds combined over 35 and a half. And again, if your book doesn't offer it, I would just take the rebounds in this game. But for the month of February, uh, 24.4 points per game, 13.6 rebounds per contest. In the month of February, over his last two games, um, and even over his last three games, he's, he's scoring the basketball. He's had 25 or more points, and he's also had 16, 15, 8, 16 rebounds over the last four games. So I think that he should have a definitely a matchup advantage to that against the lack of uh, interior defense for the Sacramento Kings. So give me a Vucevic over 35.5 half points and rebounds tonight against the Sacramento Kings as my best bet. Uh, that's going to do it for the prop cast. I know we didn't have one on Monday and Tuesday. Jong has been hammered with some other things uh, at work, um, but hopefully we can get him back next week and, and figure out some scheduling things, but uh, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest and let the people know where they can find you, man.
1: Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Shell radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L radio, Besides that, still doing a bunch of editing for this podcast, the NBA Gambling Podcast, the uh, Soccer Gambling Podcast now, the Die Hard Eagles Gambling Podcast. Yeah, I've been very busy. A lot of
0: podcasts happening. A lot of
1: podcasts. (laughs) uh, Unfortunately, no more NFL propcasts. So I have a lot more free time on my Friday nights. But (laughs) uh, besides that, nah, just uh, happy to be on the show, and I'm looking forward to being on the NBA Gambling Podcast tomorrow with Terrell.
0: Yeah, so definitely check out Scott and Terrell tomorrow. uh, The last day before the All-Star break, Uh, they'll break down the five games. I'm sure they'll get into some other things. But yeah, PropCast is still going to be here for the NBA. Um, So make sure, again, last day for the NBA Gambling Podcast, NBA Jersey Giveaway. We mentioned this on the NBA Gambling Pod. Um, Go ahead and make sure to listen to that pod as well. But Scott, thank you so much for joining me, man. Like I mentioned, Scott and Terrell tomorrow on the NBA Gambling Podcast. I think we'll be doing a special all-star um, all-star game weekend, at least prop betting, um, trying to get the guys together. We'll schedule that, but we'll get that out for you guys as well as a fun little prop cast show for, uh, for the all-star weekend. So good luck with your bets tonight, guys, make sure to head over to the website, sports Like Scott mentioned, a lot of great things happening, a lot of podcasts, a lot of content for the sports gambling podcast network. So, Make sure to get over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Good luck with your best night, guys. Break, Break these books off and let it ride.